Thank you for choosing Tox News, a Portum Rebellion broadcast. A broadcast with stuff to talk about. Politics, news, commentary, thought leaders, what have you. This is America. And it being Monday, that means it's Militia Watch Monday, where we get a quick update from Militia Watch and what happened last week with militia activity. Uh, Recently, the armed conflict uh, locations and events data, an organization covering armed conflict all around the world, uh, recently put out a study about how um, militia activity in the United States has exponentially increased since the uh, 2020 elections. And uh, I'm not going to be covering that now, I would prefer everybody go and look up the armed conflict locations and events data yourselves. It's uh, uh, like the acronym is ACLED. You can find them on Twitter. You can find their website. And yeah, they came out with a study showing that the militia activity is high, to say the least. And that's where Militia Watch comes in with a quick update of last week's militia movements. So, yeah, this is coming straight from the website here. And it says that the NFAC lead arrested. Oh, wow. I had not heard about this. Uh, Not Fucking Around Coalition is a branch off of the Black Panthers. It's not like of the Black Panthers. There is a bit of similarity, especially with the whole uh, Islam, Israelite kind of ideology that's mixing in there. And I think they're also black separatists. Like they want to start their own nation separate from the white folk. So it says here that the Not Fucking Around Coalition leader Grandmaster Jay was arrested on December 3rd on charges of pointing a rifle at a federally deputized task force officer. Actually, it's several task force officers in September during a multi-group gathering in Louisville, Kentucky, outside the Kentucky Derby. Jay's group marched through the city in their usual all-black attire, but other right-wing militias in the city stayed well clear of where the group was marching. Notably, anti-racist protesters clashed with militia members and followers of Dylan Angry Viking Stevens during the same day. The militia side pulled out of the city center, and within 15 minutes, riot police showed up and pushed back the protesters. According to the legal complaint filed last week, the officers and TKO advised they all perceived a threat from Johnson based on him aiming his rifle at them. All officers advised they were concerned Johnson might intentionally or even accidentally discharge a round at them, unquote. Uh, I didn't know that was a specific crime, but I guess threatening a task force officer, which is interesting because... The federally deputized task force officers, I think last week or the week before, had shot two men, killing one. Uh, the one in North Portland, I reported on here. I'm not really sure if there's been a follow-up on that. But the other one was in uh, uh, Ohio, who uh, he was entering his apartment and was shot, even though he wasn't even the suspect, and he was killed, and that was Casey Goodson. Casey Goodson passed away in Ohio uh, after coming across a U.S. Marshal. And yeah, still no updates on the North Portland shooting from the U.S. Marshals here. All the articles are from a week ago. There's been absolutely no follow-up whatsoever of the man shot in North Portland. So, yeah, I'm not saying anything here. It's all about a week old. 
So that's 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 pretty good. That's you know that's uh, you gotta love the transparency there. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, Grandmaster Jay has been arrested for pointing guns at task force officers, who I could only assume are of the same U.S. Marshal Task Force. I think it's the one that may have been created by Trump, but nobody really uses the PACT acronym that they are, the Protect American Communities Task Force, but I'm just going to assume that's what it is because those were the U.S. Marshals that Trump had basically formed to um, intimidate protesters in Portland during like the uprising that happened there after the killing of George Floyd. So moving on here, the Militia Watch says, Boogaloo boy charged with soliciting porn from a minor. Hey, that's pretty funny. Uh, it says here, an adherent to the Boogaloo was charged this week with child enticement. The 33-year-old defendant who used the pseudonyms Orga, Or Orgotloff and Musk Ox online allegedly asked a 15-year-old girl for sexually explicit material. The FBI also alleges that the defendant had similar conversations with others who identified their ages as 13, 15, and 16 years of age. Again, the defendant is 33 years old, and he also is a part of a boogaloo movement that wants to uh, start a civil war in this country. So there's a lot of wrongs going on in here, but, you know, personal opinion aside, the article says, This is notable especially for a follower of the boogaloo movement, which claims to be anti-pedophile in both their public rhetoric and... The content they generate online. For example, plenty of Boogaloo chats discuss yeeting, which means shooting, pedophiles or putting pedophiles into wood chippers feet first. So I don't know if that guy is still going to be a uh, Boogaloo after they find out who he is. Rittenhouse legal team shaken up. John M. Pierce, a militant lawyer on 17-year-old shooter Kyle Rittenhouse's defense team, withdrew from the teen's legal team after the prosecutors on the case indicated that Pierce's financial issues raised concerns of ethics and or a conflict of interest in the case. Andrew Calderon, uh, another defense attorney on the case, also withdrew. Related to Pierce's resignation, the fundraising effort that Mr. Pierce started in coordination with defamation lawyer Lynn Wood, hashtag fight back has moved its focus from Rittenhouse's case towards fighting the election result. Weird how those two things are almost synonymous to these lawyers. Um, Pierce resigned from the board of the hashtag fight back foundation, which also took credit for bailing out Rittenhouse last month. And uh, resi uh, Pierce resigned from the foundation three months ago. Hashtag fight back has used popular mobilization around Rittenhouse, including memes, to fundraise for conservative efforts. Uh, also, uh, and it finally reads, all this just after Rittenhouse's team attempted to dismiss charges ahead of trial. They did. They did try to do that. And uh, the the full pre pre preliminary trial is actually on YouTube. And they tried to, like, eliminate most of the charges against him in the name of self-defense. They're really trying to absolve Rittenhouse of every crime he committed, including um, uh, traveling with a assault rifle across state lines. Um, all of it in the name of self-defense, and if they can get the self-defense banner on there, then the not guilty will follow through. But um, Rittenhouse did kill two people and injured another protester, and the exact legality, morality, ethics, all of that circling around, it's very bad. 
it's not looking good for Mr. Rittenhouse necessarily. And I can recommend the Thought Slime video that actually came out last Friday covering Rittenhouse. I think it's called He Was Not an Innocent Angel or He Was Not an Angel or whatever. But um, Thought Slime actually did a good amount of research on the... I want to say the case itself because he even goes into the testimonies from Rittenhouse, uh, the guy he spent all day with, his friend, uh, Rittenhouse's friend, and then also the militia leader. So there's witness accounts. Thought Slime is a very like um, entertaining and thoughtful kind of bread tuber, and I highly recommend his videos. But that one specifically, just because he actually does a good deep dive on the specifics of the case and how it's not looking good for Kyle Rittenhouse. And actually, he builds a pretty good case on why Kyle Rittenhouse is guilty of every charge that is against him. So that is actually the Militia weekly update for this week. Uh, we got Boogaloo Boy, found out he's a pedophile. We got Grandmaster J of the NFAC getting arrested for pointing guns at federal officers. And we have Rittenhouse really uh, struggling to get his not guilty. But um, I'm not on his side. I kind of hope there are some charges that he follows because um, bringing a gun to a protest in it, in, in itself is a kind of an act of aggression. I don't care if you're trying to protect property. Um, he was trying to protect a car lot that was already destroyed from whom the owner already said that he was cool with everyone destroying it. He, he You can look it up is that the owner said that, you know, he, he doesn't like that his property was destroyed, but if it will help everyone understand that Black Lives Matter, then he is totally fine with it. And that's even after the insurance company said they would not pay for the damages. And he did not ask for the militia to come down and protect his shop either. They saw it on the news and thought they had to do something. And so they brought guns to protests. And then guess what happened? Yeah. And so we have a couple of videos here today. This one's a little bit older, but it just came across me. And I think it's because I've been watching so much right wing stuff on YouTube that YouTube's really starting to send me as much right winger shit as it can, because I've never heard of uh, gothics before, but it was recommended to me. And the video is called why I don't support hashtag black lives matter. Never heard of her, but uh, YouTube's actually been throwing a lot of right wing stuff at me. And I'm glad because I needed the content. Oops, guess who forgot to uh, unmute the volume after the music ended? This guy. What's up, everyone? My name's Gothics, and today's video is going to be a follow-up for my previous one where a few of you asked me to expand upon why I don't support the Black Lives Matter organization. Um, I, I don't know if it's 100% important that her skin skin tone is a you know darker skin tone than even mine. She maybe african-american she may be black but i think it's significant here to recognize that you know i'm not 100 percent on her ethnicity but if i was to make a uh preemptive prejudice guess i would guess that she is black and so here we go i actually ended up writing a four-page document on my reasonings of why i don't support the org so i'm gonna try to fit in as much detail as i can into a very small video um so i'm gonna be looking over here mostly just because there's so much uh to unpack so um let me first start off by reiterating once again that i agree with this sentiment that black lives do in fact matter i do not agree with the organization that black lives matter uh, and I feel like it's very, um, it's in. I can understand uh, agreeing with the sentiment, but not agreeing with the organization. But the 
the kind of problem for me in that is is that the organization is the one who organizes the protests so uh the sentiment and the organization kind of go hand in hand with that being like black lives matter started in 2014 after the killing of michael brown so um i kind of get where she's coming from but it just already seems like you're kind of just playing it safe like of course everybody agrees that black lives matter i just don't agree with the people who are actually fighting for black lives important to mention those differences because the response that i normally get from blm supporters is that they are uh they're they're not supporting the organization and rather they are marching for uh the sentiment but and you know that's you know significantly true because when i went to protests in my city i wasn't actually there looking to join black lives matter the organization i was actually just hoping to add my number to the strength because there's strength in numbers but realistically it's the organization right now who's in control so um let me first uh let me first but again yet again that's because they're the ones who organize the protests so um I don't know what she necessarily means by quote unquote control, but they're the ones who actually organize the events and organize the um, fundraising and interacting with politicians. So technically, yeah, they're in control, but, but that's because they're an activist organization. They are political. That's their thing. That's what they're supposed to do. First, also go into what I think BLM, the organization is, and I believe it has less to do with black lives and more to do with politics. So if you're paying attention. And that's the thing is that the actual whole idea of it is that they're trying to improve uh, the living quality for black people within the political system. So it ha of course, the, the, the black lives matter and politics are inseparable because they're it's policy demands, especially with the defund the police, which is extremely political. And in fact, almost everything is political when you're talking about how to organize society and how to build laws around it. And, you know, everything like that is either ideological or political. So again, I don't, I don't know how that's a negative, but of course, with the rights, right wing sphere they use the word political to mean partisan and they aren't the same thing because everything that we do with politics is political but you can be partisan when you sit on either democrat or republican or libertarian or whatever side you choose that's partisan political is everything that has to do with societal organization you'll notice that blm tends to pop up around election time or, or at least have a stronger presence around election time uh there was actually a recent study done by pew that shows the number of twitter posts that mention hashtag black lives matter saw an exponential increase in 2016 and then again in 2020. and the thing is though is that in 2020 there was george floyd um so it wasn't necessarily an election time it was uh george floyd and then also brianna taylor jacob blake and elijah mclean to name a few um let's see here because the thing is that there i think there was someone whose life was taken in 2016 i think it was philando castile if i'm not mistaken let me just make sure here so i think it's more coincidence of it being around election time than actually um uh 
um, not election. It's more focused on actually events that just so happened in election time, because like I said earlier, Black Lives Matter, the organization was actually founded in 2014, not an election year. Well, I guess it would have been a uh, Senate House election year, but like still that's it, it was started because of uh, the, the 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 unjustified killing of Michael Brown. So. I was gonna look at. I was gonna look up the poll, but it's. it's but mind you, it's easier for me to remember that I'm pretty sure it's Philando Castile. Yeah, Philando Castile was killed in 2016. So, um, yeah, it's not election related. It's actually the murders of black uh, men and women that are more related. There were 59 fatal shootings involving unarmed blacks between 2017 and 2019. So we already know that the front facing agenda of uh, BLM is police brutality against black folks. So if that's the case, I can't help but wonder why these cases were not on anyone's radar. And it's kind of hard to assume that those cases weren't on anybody's radar because, I mean, uh, you, you would have to go back into those specific times. And then also, you're not in every city where all 59 of those um, black people were shot. So it's kind of hard to know whether or not for sure that there was mobilization because every mobilization that's happened for um, Elijah McClain has not been covered. Uh, I think only one of them has, and it was the, uh, the uh, what was it? The um, the it was like a violin memorial for him when the police actually used pretty aggressive force to uh, push um, the protesters back. But that that one actually made news headlines because of how um, aggressive the cops were. So, you know, not every story is actually going to make national news because it's actually not up to BLM what makes it to the news. It's up to the media. So but then it poses the question. Does BLM care about black lives all the time or just around election time? So you're and to like actually fundamentally understand that you would have to follow everything that BLM does, not when it just hits the news. So she's not even necessarily following BLM that hard to know for sure whether or not they've been mobilizing since then or if they've been doing any organizing or what fundraisers they've been doing and all of that kind of uh, stuff that comes with the organization in itself. You're probably thinking, okay, that this doesn't really prove anything, right? Hashtag social media doesn't really prove much. Okay, let's try this on for size. On the Black Lives Matter website, they specifically state that Black Lives Matter is an ideological and political intervention. Pay attention to the word ideological because we're gonna go back to that later in the video. The next thing that I found interesting is when you go to their donate page, you'll see that all of their donations are being processed through ActBlue, which is a fundraising platform that processes payments specifically for democratic candidates and organizations. And of this has been something that like Republicans, right-wingers have been like latching onto that ActBlue is this like, uh, money power machine that has been just fueling democratic um, like it's George Soros money just fueling the Democrats when really it's like a central social I'm, I'm sure she'll say in this video but it's a it's basically a platform for fundraising in the same vein as Patreon but but it is more partisan and ideological based because it only um, platforms democratic organizations and 
uh, Republicans have their own. I can't remember what it is, but it's something red. I, 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 I can't remember, but they have their own platform that does the same exact thing. And of course, some of you might be like, OK, well, if BLM is a political movement, that's OK, because we still want Trump out of office. Fair enough argument. I know that a lot of people don't like the guy, whether they have an informed opinion on him. Or I don't know what that has to do with anything, because like I said, BLM was started in 2014 under Obama. Black Lives Matter was being shot while we had a, or shouted while we had a black president. So it's not a Trump related thing. Or just hate him because it's trendy. But consider this for a second. If it's proven that BLM has been using its organization to raise money for Biden, you'd have to ask yourself, why isn't he capable of raising money on his own? There's so many uh, foundations and organizations that all did fundraisers for uh, Biden and it's in, in a show of support and endorsement. So they endorsed Biden because they preferred Biden in office to um, push their own agenda on Biden because they probably saw Trump pushing their agenda on Trump very difficult. So they focused in on getting Biden in office. So I don't know what kind of link she's trying to uh, connect here, but like this is a thing that happens all the time. I'm sure the NRA had plenty for GOP candidates. Think about it. If Americans really do love Biden as much as everyone says they do, sure. I don't I don't love Biden. I don't love Biden. I prefer him over Trump, but she's um, kind of blanket statementing everybody. And I'm not down here for that. I I'm I am ready for Biden to get into office so we can bully the shit out of him because he needs to move farther left. Uh, I am no fan of Biden, but he is preferable to Trump because, I mean, after his victory speech already felt so much more optimistic. I know it's a neoliberalist lie, but the thing is, is that it's so different than a guy who comes out screaming how Mexicans are rapists and criminals. Surely they would be more inclined to support his campaign in the first place, right? But hypothetically speaking, if this were actually true, Obviously, I know Biden can't control how BLM decides to use their donations. However, it is a little bit interesting to see how racial equality is the focal point of his campaign all of a sudden, while Biden and the left wing media refuse to condemn any of the. That was his whole thing since he started running. Since the first day that Biden ran, he kept talking about how, uh, Charlottesville and how he felt seeing all the white supremacists and anti-Semitic people came out to shout blood and soil. So it's been a thing for Biden since he started running. And it's been a thing for Trump since he started running to divide the country based on those things, mainly focusing on immigrant hate rather than domestic hate. So the riots and looting until they realized how much it was hurting the polls. The rioting has to stop. Chris, as you know, and I know it's showing up in the polling. Mm -hmm. It's showing up in focus groups, which makes it seem like black votes rank higher than black lives. Let's continue on. I, I guess I'm not really actually seeing the through line there too much. Um, but the thing is, though, is that if you're going to get black votes, you kind of need them to be alive. Um, so that was that was a strange point to make. I can see why she would make it because it makes the Democrats look despicable, but um, not 100% sure on the through line there if it makes 100% logical sense. It it seemed more of a leap from like, well, if, like isn't it so obvious that Biden would 
would feel the unifying rhetoric because of the BLM hashtag rising during 2020 election season. Like, no, he's been doing it since 2019, and the rise was because of George Floyd and having a cop sit on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Onto something else that I found really concerning on the Black Lives Matter website. On their What We Believe page, it's... And there's, like, and I, I get that she wrote a four-page essay that probably is maybe a bit more clear but she's actually jumping point to point to point and not necessarily making uh great connections into her argument like it's not threaded that well like this sweater has a lot of holes in it because she hasn't really finished every single thought but she is hitting like right-wing talking points that definitely hit the nerves of right-wingers so that they can go into the comment section and be you're so fucking right all right states that they want to disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure, which nuclear family pretty much means a couple and their dependent child working together as a basic social unit. I like her progressive look on that. But the thing is, is that the nuclear family doesn't see a couple. The nuclear family sees a man, a woman and their children. Very rigid. There is actually the, the, the whole idea of the nuclear family, like removing that is actually a part of closer to like anarcho-communism, uh, Kropotkin and Murray Bookchin. And Murray Bookchin really said that if, if uh, anarchy and communism are going to be successful, that we have to have true liberation of the individual. And in, in one of those ways, it means by having sexual liberation, by allowing to be whatever sexuality you are, whether it's homosexual, uh, trans, uh, uh, um, or uh, uh, queer or uh, polyamorous or monogamous, whatever it is, it should liberate the individual and be allowed in society. And if you look at America now, we still have that nuclear family rigidity, especially with the social conservatives who believe that it's only between a man and a woman that can get married. So I can see where Black Lives Matter is coming from. It's actually coming from a very book chin 1990s idea so if you want more on this i think uh book chin has something about anarchy and sex it's somewhere on youtube but um he goes into great detail on how like the 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 liberation of the individual comes through every piece of the human experience including sexual individualism so I can see where Black Lives Matter is coming from, but I can also see why right-wingers are kind of afraid of this idea because maybe just saying the destruction or the abolition of the nuclear family doesn't really sound like you have anything to replace it with or it doesn't sound like the whole idea is expanded upon. Like, you need to clarify what exactly you mean by that. Um, but I can already see the through line because I've been doing a lot of book chin lately, so... Basically one of those cheesy stock photos that you get with the smiling family just like posing for pictures at Sears. Basically that's what it is. Getting rid of the nuclear family doesn't make much sense in the context that it's being pushed to the public. Compared to whites, Asians, and Hispanics, black Americans rank the highest when it comes to children being born out of wedlock. Or but that's the thing is that we have to stop uh, discriminating against single mothers and in fact continue supporting single parent households to a further extent um, because we, we right now currently you know they do have some uh, safety net programs for single parents but at the same time it's a stigma in our society and you know I I, I 
I feel like at some point she's going to get into the fact that a lot of black children don't have father figures. And it's, I don't know if it's necessarily or even necessary to have a father figure as long as you have a good support system and good role models within your life regardless. So I don't think it's the father figure that's needed. I think it's always just support system and role models. And that's why we need to break away from the nuclear family idea because that that says that you need a mother and a father and also they need to be born in wedlock. And that comes from the Christian conservative idea as well. For children uh, before marriage. Almost 70% of black Americans in the country operate with only one parent in the home, which is a huge difference compared to the 1960s where that number was only around 30%. There are a lot of studies out right now that suggest the reason for this is a mixture of cultural influence as well as the welfare state. If you want me to dive deeper into that, let me know in the comments and I'll make a different video on that topic. But in any Okay, so so what she alleged there is that it's black culture's fault for having single parents like and they always say that as if it's not racist, that it's like not attached to their skin culture. It's just or their skin tone. It's more just attached to their culture as if those two things are actually even inseparable when really they're not. Um, when you say black culture is bad, you're basically saying black people are bad. Um, and then the the second point that she made was welfare program. And so uh, that women stay or people stay single for the welfare benefits is what she's saying. Um, and that's just like kicking downwards because people usually take up in there. Of course, there's going to be people who take advantage of the system, but there's uh, normally it's people who actually need the assistance in order to not work a second job so they can spend time with their children who they are the only parent to. So I, I don't like the kicking downwards on people who need welfare programs in order to have a comfortable enough life. So I don't that's very right wing and uh, I don't like it. Uh, I, that's I, I, it sounds like I'm in my feels. But when people are put in a disadvantage in a system that demands that you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, I feel empathetic towards the people who are struggling, who try their hardest case knowing what we know one could ask why would blm want to further dismantle the black family of course when i spit these facts and it's not to dismantle the black family it's the rigidness of the nuclear family so we're getting a bit of distortion here now it's specifically the nuclear family the man the woman the children the dog the house the fence that structure isn't necessary for society to be what it is a society and ask this exact question, I usually get the response that uh, what I'm saying is a right-wing argument and therefore shouldn't be taken seriously. Isn't that what but I just said? Don't let me convince you, okay? How about we just listen to what Don Lemon had to say back when he was an objective journalist? More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. So please, black folks. But I'm going to say that's like relative to our society and the, the, the reality that we live in. If we had a much different structure to the family process, the support system, and the variety of role models that we could offer the children, then it's like we don't need just the father figure. You can do without. Um, you just need that support system, though 
pay close attention to the hip-hop and rap culture that glorifies everything I just mentioned. Thug and reprehensible behavior. <laughs> and this is when, like, liberals become really lame when they blame hip-hop for the world's problems. Culture that is making a lot of people... Because that's the thing, is, like, a lot of these artists are coming from that culture, so they're really just rapping what they know about. It's, it's, a, it's a poet's perspective of society. Not always in the in the most poetic way, but it is in a artistic way and people can do with what they will, but you know, they, most artists just write what they know. So you can either blame the culture or you can blame, uh, the, 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 the society also that was able to cultivate that culture. People rich, just not you. Furthermore, despite what left-wing media or LeBron James has to say, what did LeBron James say? Despite what left-wing media or LeBron James... We're literally hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our homes. Can't even go for a damn jog, man. Like, what the fuck, man? Are you kidding me? No, man, for real, are you kidding me? And I think what he is talking about there is uh, Ahmed Arbery, who was lynched in the streets. He was just jogging, and some white men took it upon themselves to um, uh, give some vigilante justice against him because they believe that he was a robber, even though he was well-known in the neighborhood for jogging. It was a lynching, and so LeBron James spitting some facts right there immediately after that video was released to the public. James has to say, black people are not being hunted in the streets. Uh, actually, do you remember that after uh, George Floyd's killing, uh, there were a few lynchings that it's like one of them was in Palmdale and still like the, the news media was very quiet when it happened. And then it still hasn't had much of a follow up. I don't think they found anybody who did it. So there are black people being hunted, especially black trans women. Like they are being murdered this year. I think there's like over 40 deaths this year. So uh, please don't even, please do not even, because I can tell that you consume a ton of right-wing media if you are not aware of these cases. You can consume left-wing media like uh, CNN and MSNBC and not be aware of these cases. You have to be an aware individual to know that these things are happening. Actually, more white people are killed every year by the hands of police officers. And, now and this is a fact, but it's also because um, white people are the dominant ethnicity in this country. Black people only make up 13% of the population. But the same study or the same facts also say, regardless of how many white people are shot, black people are still three times more likely to be shot by police. Now, you may be thinking, okay, but blacks only make up for 13% of the population. And while you are right, we also have to acknowledge that blacks also commit 50% of the crimes in America. And but you have to acknowledge like what kind of crimes those are, because if we're focusing on possession, possession has been a targeting tool for the state to target black people because black people tended to be um, uh, the, the, the highest users of marijuana. And uh, they also, you know, use various different other drugs. It's It's been a part of the war on drugs. The racism of the war on drugs is well known. So if she's not going to specify what exactly those crimes are, I'm going to have to assume that a lot of those are possession and those target black people specifically. 
And if we're going into specifics, black men make up 6% of the population yet commit the majority of crimes. This tells me that if a particular demographic is committing crimes at a much higher rate, then obviously that specific demographic is going to be likely to have more encounters with the police. Let's take a look at New York, for example. But also, too, you have like it's it's well known that police are also usually patrolling more often in low income neighborhoods, which are also focused to be minority ethnicities. So if you're constantly being patrolled, the likelier you are of being caught of a crime, even if that is a speeding ticket. So I, you know, it's just being vague there in cherry picking uh, headline uh, st headlines of studies in order to uh, I don't know justify your argument. So I wish he would elaborate more to to explain or even uh, prove that black people are just much more criminal um, when it you know poverty is a much higher indicator of crime, and it just so happens that in this country predominantly impoverished people are ethnic so example where 33 percent of the population is white while blacks only make up for 22 percent however when we compare this data to the number of homicides whites commit only three percent of the murders whereas blacks commit 62 percent of the murders when it's all broken down this information hmm. where did that study come from Yeah, but they're per the predominant victims as well are black people. So it's actually mostly like black on black crime, which, again, seems to lead me to the idea that it has a lot more to do with poverty and gang violence, not necessarily anything um, related to the skin color, which, you know, all of those things, you know, combined, like stack upon just being black. So um, I can't tell where that came from, but it seems to be a government website percent of the murders when it's all broken down this information contradicts the narrative that police brutality is the leading cause of death for black men in america and this is the exact narrative that has a lot of black americans pissed off with the blm organization because from a parent's perspective that lost their child to gang violence, I think it's pretty insulting to say that black on black crime is not as important as the 1% of police shootings that occur. Well, the thing is, is that for black on black crime to go down, we do need to offer more opportunities of uh, economic and social mobility to those areas uh, that make, you know, crime less incentivized. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Um, but like I said earlier, a lot of it has to deal with more of the economic. Yeah. So it has a lot more to do with the economics of the areas that they're born into. So, um, there is still more we could offer to black communities that would help them uh, avoid the, the the gang culture that has been in the vacuum of a state that does not um, really take care of them. But the thing is, though, is that it's important for Black Lives Matter to focus on police killings because it's essentially the state killing black people. So there's a lot that you can do about citizens, but not so much. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
there there is a much wider thing to do with the uh, citizens. The citizens do have to do a lot to try and pull each other away from gang culture. But the thing is, though, is that when the state leaves you behind, all you have is your community and your community may be wrong with gang culture. So it's uh, it's a hard track to reverse. But um, removing social safety nets isn't necessarily the way to go. And um, allowing or ignoring the police killings because black people kill each other so much isn't going to help the situation either. So if we can get the state to stop killing black people, then maybe we can eventually get onto the train of black people not killing black people. And the thing I want to highlight here is that the United States police kills more of its own citizens than any other nation on the planet so the, that's a police problem now i'm a firm believer in self-ownership and i would rather we do something to prevent black people from committing crimes in the first place rather than reacting to the excessive force by police officers and see that's i get where she's coming from but you have to be able to offer economic opportunities that are legal and also uh, you know, um, open for like, uh, higher opportunities. So yeah, just saying that you need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and deal with what you got. Obviously that's what we've been working with for over a hundred years and it's only making the situation worse. So what we have to do, and of course, like the underfunded schools in those areas aren't going to help either. So there's a lot of societal and political structures to fix in black neighborhoods in order to help them fix their uh quote unquote culture that has black men killing so many black men but or black people killing so many black people but um again by ignoring the cop killings we're ignoring the state basically doing extrajudicial lynchings in the streets sirs both are wrong and i have no issues acknowledging that seven bullets to the back is excessive but the majority of police shootings that are highlighted this year by BLM all have something in common. The victim had a connection to criminal acts. Defunding the police, I feel, would put these types of communities at risk. Um, Michael Brown didn't really have a criminal act. He was described as a suspect. Um, he was never really charged for a crime. Uh, George Floyd was killed over a $20, a, a alleged counterfeit $20 bill. Um, Eric Gardner was choked out for selling loose cigarettes. If that really is a crime uh, considered and justifiable, like you can justify that crime for a, a, a street murder by the police, I really don't know what I could say to convince you that it's not okay. Um, so, you know, even um, Jacob Blake wasn't necessarily even a part of a crime. The cops had no crime to detain him for they had no evidence of anything but they still decided to shoot him in the back because he was going to leave the area as if they couldn't ask the two women who were there who knew him and knew where he lived what was going on after he had left so um there's there's it's not always that and brianna taylor had no crime she unfortunately was just uh related to a guy who was being investigated even though they had broke things off a year earlier uh, Elijah McClain did not commit a crime. 
Elijah McClain was literally just walking home when a guy said it. he looks suspicious with his mask on. If Elijah McClain was walking home and had been wearing that mask a year before he got killed, he probably would have made it home because of the COVID pandemic and everybody wearing masks. But because he wore it in 2019 before masks were mandated, he was the cops were called on him and he later died because of it. No crime for Elijah McClain at risk because we're not tackling the root issue. There is no doubt that police reform needs to be done, but there are countless- That's always that anecdotal thing that they always say, like, of course I support black lives, and of course there needs to be police reform, but don't you think that black people need to start pulling up their damn bootstraps? That's always where the argument goes. And it's almost as if, like, why can't we have all of it? Why can't we have people putting in the effort while we do reforms for the state? Why can we not just do all of it? Why does it have to be either or? Other cases that have been documented of police brutality towards other races, including people like Justine Damon, who was killed by the same police department surrounding the case of George Floyd. Guess how much airtime Justine got? Let's tackle the last topic and buckle up for this. But again, like they always bring this up too, but like white people never go into the streets for uh, uh, their own people getting killed by police. They never do it. And then when it's time to actually join the Black Lives Matter movement, which is also an anti-police brutality movement, they fight against it. So it doesn't really seem that much that white people care about police brutality because even when it's done against their own, they are silent one. So remember when I said that Black Lives Matter is an ideological and political intervention? Well, a resurfaced interview of one of the co-founders has her admitting that her and her colleagues are trained Marxists. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Wow. Um, wow. We... I cannot believe that she got this quote from the Real News Network. And yet she is that uninformed because the real news network is one of the most like in-depth reporting news websites on YouTube. Like, I cannot believe you can be this uninformed and be aware of the real news network. That is insane to me. Uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. I'll be honest, I had no fucking idea what the hell that meant, so I had to Google it. And it turns out uh, Marxism is a political and economic theory of Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. Let's see. Let's make sure she's reading the definition here. The political and economic theories of Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. Good, she's on it. She's on it later developed by their followers to form the basis for theory and practice of communism. What? So this led me to take a look at the Communist Manifesto, which was co-written by Karl Marx. <laughs> and Com the Communist Manifesto isn't even like the greatest theory on communism. It's a it's a call to action pamphlet. It's a hundred pages basically trying to inspire proletariats and working class people to do something about their socioeconomic woes. So for you to go, I have the greatest resource on on communism, the Communist Manifesto. That means you did very bare minimum surface level. You're Jordan Peterson showing up to a debate with Slavoj Žižek. That is fucking hilarious to me.
Inside, it states the following. The communists disdain to conceal their views and aims. So pretty much, yeah, we're communists and we don't care who knows. The manifesto goes on to say that they openly... <laughs> I, I like it's so weird that it's a that that that's a point that a communist doesn't like to conceal their individuality their personhood you know like what kind of point is that declare their ends can be obtained only by the forcible overthrow of all existing social conditions which basically means we're gonna do what we want and we're gonna do it by any means necessary so I mean, when you're dealing with a system of oppression, I can see where that's coming from. The, uh, Rose, no. Lay down. My dog's barking. Yeah, world's greatest podcast right here, right now. Um, I can see how that sounds like a negative thing, but the communists definitely see capitalism as a system of evil. So when they speak from that perspective, of course, it does sound very dangerous, but there it, it's on the same level of serfs uh, or not the serfs, but the merchant class who overthrew the lords of feudalism. So, it, you know, do you think that they had said, well, we're going to ask the kings and the lords nicely to give us the opportunity for our own individual freedom. Do you think that's what the merchants had said at that time? I doubt it. What exactly do they mean when they say all existing social conditions? According to the manifesto, this includes individuality, personal property, religion, history, and even family. Ah, disrupting the nuclear family kind of... Um... The thing she highlighted here said this would be the first step in stripping the family of its role as an economic unit with no private property and with economic opportunities for all in a communist society. There would be no need for the financial support commonly provided by the family unit. And that's basically describing that through mutual aid, you wouldn't need to use your family as a piggy bank. So um, not not quite the same as uh, disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family, because, of course, what the Black Lives Matter was talking about there was the, the d dismantling the box to allow more freedom, especially for uh, family structure and sexuality. Um, with the Communist Manifesto and its quote, it's more focused on not using your family as a crutch for the support system because you would have a greater community on the outside, meaning that everybody is part of your family. It's, it's, it's an ideology focused on bringing everyone together in a most literal sense possible. It's a little bit different now, huh? Okay. It's also worth noting that many BLM supporters are knowingly pushing a communist agenda. So I'm assuming that these folks actually did their research into the organization. Regardless, I fail to see how communism is the answer, considering how many immigrants flee from socialist states to live in America, which, by the way, Marxists often describe socialism as the first step of communism. And then how, and so to recognize then, um, how many of those states have abolished socialism to move on to communism? Not many. And then how many of those communist states were actually socialist before they became communists? Not any. So, like, again, you have nations adopting socialist policies and then even taking the nomenclature in order to um, 
you know, uh, be popular to 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 like the same way that the na the the National Socialists used it in 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 Germany, in the same way that uh, the Communist Party uses it in China. The thing is, though, is that if you don't have workers with the means of production, you don't have socialism, or at least the essence of socialism, the very true essence of it. And if you don't have a stateless, wageless, classless society, you don't have communism. So it's kind of like if you you basically like comparing this as if you said that you're a Christian, but you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Like you're missing the key component there to being a Christian. So, you know, that's, that's my two cents. Okay, so we're almost at the end of this video. Before I go, I wanted to leave you with one more reason that I'm not on board with BLM. And it has a lot to do with the knee-jerk reactions when it comes to the news surrounding police brutality and how it encourages many of its supporters to abandon critical thinking while automatically assuming that all fatal police shootings are racially motivated. An example... Uh, can I just say that, like, throughout this entire video, we have been using critical thinking because rather than just sitting here and saying, oh my god, she is so right about everything because I don't have time to look up any of this, I have no disagreements, I have no thought process outside of the rhetoric that I am hearing, this has been entirely critical thinking because she's being vague, cherry-picking, and a little moving the goalposts. Like, this, this isn't a full-on argument of why she doesn't support Black Lives Matter. It just seems like the the whole right-wing rhetoric that has been building around Black Lives Matter. And it, I honestly, I haven't heard anything new to the situation. This is all, like, I honestly think this could have been a Ben Shapiro video of this would be the Michael Brown case. Hands up, don't shoot is a slogan and gesture that originated from the shooting in 2014 and was later adopted by BLM. A witness claimed that Brown was surrendering and had his hands up before he was shot. However, the Department of Justice later released reports that revealed that Brown never surrendered, the witness lied, and the shooting was ultimately justified. Or how... And I just want to say that I've already gone over this in a previous podcast. I don't remember what episode it is, but the DOJ lied. The they're, they're going entirely off of the police report. Who lied? And completely dismissed uh, witness accounts that were there. So, um, again, like this just sounds exactly like it came from Ben Shapiro, Charlie Kirk, or Steven Crowder. Um, and there's a great documentary that I had already recommended about Michael Brown and how the state actually went out of their way to cover up the Michael Brown case. And I already covered in a very early episode of this podcast, but let me see here. Um, there it is. Stranger Fruit. It's an hour and a half long and it's on Hulu. So you really, if you got Hulu, you got no excuse. But if you go on Hulu, watch Stranger Fruit, it definitely dives in deep on how the state did everything it could to make the Michael Brown killing justified when it was absolutely not. And all it took was that DOJ report for every right winger to say that Michael Brown was justifiably killed. Watch Stranger Fruit and you may disagree. I don't know for sure, but I can only recommend it and hope that you do about more recently with the Dion K case, where protesters took to the streets long before the report was released. But looking at the body cam footage, however, you can see clearly that Dion was brandishing a gun before he was shot by police officers. I don't remember his name, but in 2015, there was a black man who was shot in the head when police told him to put down his gun. Unfortunately, he did not have a gun. It was a towel. I don't know if this is the same case. I don't think it is. That did kind of look like a gun. But the thing is, is that 
those things happen. They mistake things that are not weapons as weapons. And then there was the kid who had a toy gun and he got shot. Uh, Tamir Rice. So um, even if it's you know, completely harmless to the police officer, they will still justify the killing of a black person because the, the cop felt scared. As if the feelings or fear of the person being shot just don't matter. And I wonder, oh, BLM, Black Lives Matter. I guess they should change it to Black Feelings Matter? Is that is that going to help right-wingers understand the situation better? Because they're willing to feel, to feel the sympathy for a cop's fear, but they just can't seem to find it for citizens or people. And again, I'm not denying that there are actually racially motivated police killings out there. However, I think it's very dangerous to impulsively react without considering every detail. So that's the end of the... And I feel like she did that because she reacted to all the right-wing rhetoric without going over all the details. And I feel like I covered that pretty well because I had almost every point to refute. So uh, that was why I don't support by gothics. Why I don't support hashtag Black Lives Matter by gothics. And uh, yeah, that just sounded like every other right-winger video I've ever heard. That was fun. Did you have fun? Well, here's going to come the intro music because we're already over the time for my podcast to uh, convert properly. So I'm going to have to, because we have a Tim Pool video to get into. Oh, yeah, we do. And so we're going to play the, the, the intro music and I will return back shortly with some Pim Tool. Welcome back to the Tox News Podcast, a Portum Rebellion broadcast. Thank you for holding out through that intermission. We do have a bit of a longer episode today because we had that video at the beginning and now we have another, another one. I wish I had that DJ Khaled soundboard so I could just go, another one! But unfortunately I do not. I do not. Um, before getting into the Tim Pool video, I want to get into this article here from the Daily Beast. And the Daily Beast has been accused of a uh, left-leaning bias, so I'll just throw that out there. But the the conservatives right wing always say that about anything that doesn't agree with their world worldview. So, ah, uh, all right. Oh, it's pretty short, so thankfully. But it says here, uh, no, thank you, I do not want notifications from you, Daily Beast. Now, it says here, four people stabbed at pro-Trump D.C. protests. Now, over the weekend, there was another million MAGA march, which saw a thousand Proud Boys show up. I'm not sure the million people showed up, but there was certainly a thousand Proud Boys. Now, the article says here, pro-Trump demonstrations in Washington, D.C. ended in chaos late Saturday with multiple people hospitalized after being stabbed. D.C. fire spokesman Doug Buchanan Buchanan confirmed Buchanan Buchanan confirmed that at least four people had been hospitalized with injuries described as critical. The stabbings were reported after violent brawls broke out when the far right Proud Boys marched through the streets and were confronted by counter protesters. It was not immediately clear to which group, if any, the stabbing victims belonged. Two police officers was also were also injured in clashes and transported to the hospital and at least 23 arrests were made. The DC mayor's office said now, I just want to find this quick video from uh, the founder of 
the Proud Boys. Um. Nope, 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 nope. Let's see. There was a good one a while back. I can't remember if the video is still out there, but it was a good video basically showing all the times that Gavin McInnes, the founder of the Proud Boys, had basically said, violence is cool. Um... It's not a huge gathering of Antifa on the other side, but uh, they are there. I don't know if things are going to get violent. There's a heavy police presence, so we should be fine, God willing. There's the liberals. There they are. The idiots. The idiots. There's the idiots. All right, I found it. I found it. So that was a video from like two years ago of Proud Boys showing up. And here we go. Here's Gavin McInnes in his own words. Uh, I started this gang called the Proud Boys. And, the Proud uh, Boys? The Proud Boys. What is the, what's Proud Boys about? We will kill you. That's the Proud Boys in a nutshell. We will kill you. We look nice. We seem soft. We have boys in our name. But like Bill the Butcher and the Bowery Boys, we will assassinate you. Now, part of the reason I agree to do the talk is because I'm allowed to bring all my guys. And we can fight our way in and fight our way out. Eating the shit out of these people. I think it's our job to do it. And the cops just turn a blind eye. If you're wearing a MAGA hat, as Sal is right now, Sal's in the studio, folks. Oh my god, it's Sal Sapola. Where are you from? Out here. Why? You came, came a long way. You're wearing a MAGA hat, and some guy with a slightly punk demeanor comes up to you and says, Hey, are you Sal or are you pro Trump? Choke him. Trust your instincts. Don't listen to what he has to say. Choke him. If I do a video where I say, how about we start throwing bricks? Is that legal? I, you can't call for violence on a specific person, but can you say they're throwing bricks? We should throw bricks. Can you call for violence generally? Because I am. Fighting so... I was going to say, him just be on like, can you call for violence? Can I do that? Can I say that I like we should all be throwing bricks at people? Like, can I just can I say that? Like, I don't know if I can say throw bricks at people, throwing bricks at people. Can I say that? Is it? I don't know. Is it legal for me to say throw bricks at people? Have you thrown them yet? Solves everything. <laughs> we need more violence from the Trump people, Trump supporters. Choke a motherfucker. Choke a bitch. Choke a tranny. Get your fingers around the windpipe. I want violence. I want punching in the face. I'm disappointed in Trump supporters for not punching enough. Get a fucking gun. Get ready to blow someone's fucking head off. Uh, I've even killed people in my dreams. That's how awesome my gun is. Get in trouble. Get arrested. Get fired. Let's all get in this together. They can't kill us all. Dude, I got three tips, man. They'll go through at least three bodies. Oh, beautiful. Plop. <laughs> I love the way he falls on his ass. They said, you want to go? I said, yeah, I want to fucking go. And I punched him in the face. And then Coulter emailed me later and she goes, conservatives never punched anyone in the face. Finally, yeah. things are turning around. And then Malzberg goes, you're not advocating violence, are you? And I go, I absolutely am. It's a wonderful, effective thing. This is a fucking war. And at the end, they showed the car that drove into the protesters at Charlottesville. 
So that's Gavin McGinnis, the founder of Proud Boys, just for two minutes and 20 seconds talking about how much he wants to see violence from right-wingers and how much he just loves violence. Tim Poole reports, Proud Boys annihilated Antifa in D.C. Four people in critical condition after brawls, Antifa shot in Wisconsin. No, that's not Wisconsin. Uh, Washington. I'm sorry. That was bad. The state of Washington. Jeez. <laughs> I'm a bad American. Uh, and that just discounts the entire podcast, but fuck it. Um, after having uh, people stabbed at a protest uh, that Proud Boys were at, um, maybe don't name your episode Proud Boys Annihilated. That's almost like you approve of the violence. But let's, let's just have Tim say it for himself. Last night, violence erupted between the Proud Boys and far-left groups like Antifa. We saw it in Washington, D.C. and Washington State, so East... Now, to be specific, Antifa is not a national organization, so for Tim, we're going to have to actually know if they're a part of a chapter in Washington, D.C. that says that they were part of the D.C. Antifa, but um, if they weren't, then they were just protesters that were uh, against the Proud Boys, which in a way then makes them anti-fascist, um, but to just make it like that, it almost makes it sound like, oh, the Avengers went up against the Legion of Doom. Wrong comic books, but you get the idea, right? So um, that's probably not 100% of the truth and is the only way to, uh, I don't know, create more violence in this country. East Coast and West Coast. In Washington State, somebody got shot, I believe, in the stomach. And I'm not entirely sure what their condition is. We'll read through the story. But my understanding is that there was a Trump supporter who was surrounded and being attacked. And a man came up in a parking lot armed and fired in defense of this man. In Washington, D.C., four people were stabbed. You can't. All right. He didn't he didn't make it uh, very clear, but a Black Lives Matter supporter was shot. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't the Trump supporter and it wasn't some random bystander that was shot. It was a Black Lives Matter supporter specifically. And of course, I don't really have the context of the shooting itself. So we don't know if the guy who was circled was antagonizing anybody. And we don't know who the guy with the gun was either. So um, if we're going to hear Tim Pool sympathize and apologize for this, um, that is some extremely fascist behavior for a quote unquote classic liberal. Can't have guns in D.C., and they're in critical condition. Of course, now the left is screaming as Proud Boys trends nationwide saying, what have the Proud Boys done? This far-right violence. There's a video of the Proud Boys taking a Black Lives Matter banner off a church, I, I think it's a church, and then burning it in the street. And what do you want me to say about it? What do you want me to say about Proud Boys? It's free speech. It's free speech. But it, when you burn a flag that says Black Lives Matter on it, you're basically burning like what Gothics has said is the sentiment that Black Lives Matter. So um, honestly, Tim, I would want you to kind of condemn them burning the sentiment of Black Lives Matter and support Black Lives Matter. That's actually what I feel like an empathetic and compassionate human being would do if they weren't so concerned about having authoritarianism thrive in this fucking country. Boys going after Antifa. Come on, tell me, far left. What am I supposed to say, leftists? Media, Vox.com, 
I mean, you could have started by condemning the violence. Like, you could have started that way. You could have done that. BuzzFeed? What do you want me to say? When Antifa went around beating the crap out of people, you said it's good that they're chasing out these extremists. So when the Proud Boys go around beating up Antifa, am I supposed to just agree it's good that someone is going and beating up these extremists? No. And uh, the thing is, though, is that, like, <laughs> there's so much missing context out of there, but, I mean, he's so anti-Antifa that it's kind of hard to have the, the, the argument or the conversation about how, like, the, the attacks are either out of context or there's just not a whole bunch of truth there because, you know, it's either self-defense or, in fact, um, just not tolerating the intolerant. We don't know to what level antagonism had, but, like, I wish he would gotten into any specific cases of when Antifa had jumped Proud Boys, even though there's various cases of Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer jumping left-wing activists and uh, actually being, like, uh, charged for assault. So... You people have lost your minds. You see, for, for years now, we have seen the escalation of this violence. And now four people are in critical condition from stab wounds, and someone got shot. So, so he just basically blamed Antifa for Proud Boys stabbing people. Now, I just want to say that the Antifa handbook by Mark Bray is a great read because it goes over uh, historical anti-fascist movements and stabbings at fascist rallies or fascist protests is nothing new. This has happened so many times in history in different nations all across the globe. Fascists stabbing people at their own protests is completely par for the course for fascist behavior. It's not the worst we've seen ever, but it's serious. It's, it's pretty bad. And I could only say the same thing when I see Proud Boys going and tearing down banners and burning them. What, what, what do you think my complaint is when Antifa goes and burns the American flag? And maybe this is the big difference between someone like me and maybe a, a tribalist or a faction. Yeah, but think about the sentiment that America represents at times. It can be colonialism. It can be imperialism. It can be a capitalist system that doesn't care about human value beyond a fucking dollar sign ahead of it. So uh, the sentiment behind the American flag isn't really, um, you know, equivalent to the sentiment that's on a flag that says Black Lives Matter. You see what I'm saying here? So, yeah, I, mm, I'm getting flustered. First, I don't like the American flag being burned. But my issue is if it's your property, you can burn it if you want, so long as you're doing it safely. I do think it's kind of silly that you, pe these people think they have the right just to burn something in the street when a fire could probably cause some serious damage. But if it's your That's his problem. All right. <laughs> All right. As long as, you, as long as you play with fire safely, then I have no qualms. Your flag, <laughs> do what you want. But when they go to someone's <laughs> home and they rip the flag off their porch or their building and they burn it, now that's theft. Now that's more extreme and dangerous. And what do we get from the far left? They say it's good. They're just anti-fascists. You see, they're extremists, they say, that roam the streets. And the only way to stop them is to punch them in the face. That's what they keep saying. Do you have any idea what... Yeah, but wasn't the Proud Boys actually uh, marked as domestic terrorists? I'm pretty sure they were. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, I don't know if... 
<laughs> Wikipedia will have it, but I am just curious. Because I thought I had seen something a while ago. Uh, in late November 2018, an internal memo from the Clark County Sheriff's Office showed that the FBI had designated the Proud Boys an extremist group. But it later clarified that only certain members were extremist threats with ties to white nationalism. So that means that they don't really have to do anything. They just have like a couple of people to watch on the list. Smooth move, Federal Bureau of Investigations. Real smooth right there, you sly devils. What happens if you keep doing that? You invoke an equal and opposite reaction. In fact, I don't think it's fair to say equal and opposite. Antifa has sh stabbed nobody. <laughs> You're like, what? The, the, the homogenous boogeyman known as Antifa has stabbed zero people. I think it's fair to say the far left. So this is their answer for getting milkshaked. Since we milkshaked some fascists, it's like, fuck it. We got to stab some people now. Okay which tend to be dainty, gaunt-looking white progressives are going oh. to invoke... Dainty white progressives, and they're also very extreme and violent. <laughs> I love hearing the fear-mongering of, like, leftist groups because they're both, like, weak and strong, dumb and clever. It's just, it's so fucking funny every time. They're, like, the most, like like paradoxical boogeyman that could ever exist like they're nothing and everywhere <laughs> a much more powerful opposite reaction the proud boys tend to be better built if that's one way i can put it wow so tim pool went from well he didn't even try to condemn the violence he just went straight to sucking their dick god damn wow I don't care if that sounds ad hominem, like, bro, you are going down on them right now. Like, they are better built. Like, that. So when the Proud Boys go around... I'm sorry, I can't even take this seriously, because he is actually doing apologist, like, apo like a sympathizing violence from fascists. That is crazy. That is fucking crazy. Eating the crap out of these extremists, first and foremost... I think it's all bad. I think the violence is all bad. We there don't it want is. any of this. <laughs> Three minutes in and he's like, violence is bad. After just like sucking their dick and spitting it on the, and spitting the cum on Antifa's eye, he then goes, violence is bad. <laughs> okay. We just want to live our lives and go to work. Well, unfortunately, the Democratic governors have really seen to uh, us not being able to do that. But we don't want violence and escalation. But then there, there's no there's no answer. There isn't any. There's literally no correct answer. There's no fence. There's no middle ground. I'll tell you why. Antifa has been going around beating and, and injuring and attacking people with near impunity. If you have evidence, present it. If you have evidence, present it. Otherwise, you are just um, co-opting. All of that right-wing media that has been going on for the past four years, and you're using it to your advantage and to the fascist advantage, aka the Proud Boys. So please, if you have evidence of Antifa assaulting people, quote-unquote Antifa, then present it. Otherwise, you are co-opting a rhetoric that has been completely manufactured out of your control, Tim Pool, even though he has contributed to it with the help of Andy No, but... Of course, like, if you have evidence of these attacks, please present it, because at the beginning of this, I presented the fact that the founder of Proud Boys is extremely a lover of violence. He is a 
masochist. No, not a masochist. I got that wrong. He's a sadist. Sorry. Sometimes I get the two mixed up. He might be a masochist if he loves violence that much. Maybe if he loves it enough to commit it on himself, but certainly a sadist who likes to commit violence upon others, especially if they're apparently liberal. The media... And I also want to highlight that Tim Pool has had Alex Jones on his show, I think, like three times now. And uh, Alex Jones once said that he he doesn't need a civil war to kill liberals. Like, what are we doing, Tim? What are we doing? Are we, are we pretending to be classically liberal or are we going to be outright fascists? Just pick a side. Has defended them over and over again or lied to make it seem like they're just, oh, just simple protesters. I've been covering this stuff for a decade. I've seen what these people do. They're insane, but they're clever. <laughs> they're well organized and they <laughs> also reported by tim pool antifa is heath ledger's joker and christopher nolan's the dark knight <laughs> no there's a limit to the extent that they can engage in violence before they get bad press when andy no was brutally oh that's why antifa uh doesn't take it as far as the proud boys is because they're afraid of bad press sure sure attacked the press was severe. All of a sudden, the media was writing stories saying... No, 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 no. The press was not severe. The press was actually the opposite because the press allowed Andy No to write articles. Like, Andy No, his career propelled after he got punched and milkshaked. Now, it was excessive to punch him and give him a black eye. But it's also excessive for Andy No to dox activists and then present them to right-wing militia groups. So, you know, escalation... Bitch, where? Like, wh chicken or the egg? Which one came first? Because Andy knows is a straight-up fascist apologist, propagandist on the level of Goebbels in the internet age. Antifa is, you know, too far. It's too far. I feel like if I if if Andy No like heard that somebody had said that he was on the level of Goebbels, he might jizz his pants. I don't know for sure though. And Antifa got really mad and then desperately tried to smear Andy No to save face. They know you don't have to smear Andy. No, really, all you have to do is present his career as is. Oh, they're organized. They have their limits. But also, let's be real. Many of these Antifa people, many of whom are armed and capable and smart. Many of them, are but also dainty white progressives. Don't forget he said that are gaunt, frail, yep. white progressive yep. men <laughs> who Fear the powerful, fragile anti-fascists <laughs> are pampered and completely incapable. But there certainly are stronger individuals within the far left's, you know, grouping. And there uh, are certainly... There's the cop-out, is that there's some strong ones. There's the cop-out. You know, I don't know, I, I guess you can say... Men of stronger standing, you know, better built. However... Most of the Proud Boys tend to be better built than Antifa. So what do we get? I watched a video last night, uh, and it was two Antifa being brutally beaten and chased down the street. It made it to the top posts on Reddit, and they said, the Proud Boys are attacking an innocent couple. Apparently, the innocent couple were previously beating someone, and the Proud Boys surrounded them. And I thought to myself, it's really funny. Uh, I have not seen the post, and uh, he's not presenting it either and nor is he presenting that supposed context that exists before the video so what am i supposed to do with that information if i'm not a tim pool follower and listener 
I'm not going to just outright believe him. But if I am a Tim Pool listener and, and viewer, of course I'm just going to believe him because he's my trusted source. And that's the kind of responsibility that Tim Pool has with absolutely no regards for anybody else besides his monetary value. All right. Antifa are all tough when they have mobs to beat random people. So let's 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 do you remember in the video of Gavin McInnes that he said that the only reason why he went to the interview is because he could bring his boys in case they needed to rough them up. That was in the video. That was the leader of the Proud Boys who said that he needed his gang in order to do an interview. Oh, God, let's be real here. I watched a video out of Portland where three regular dudes, just random guys are walking on the street and Antifa stalked them, beat them and pushed them. They were presented. You have you're like he literally is just sitting on this Daily Mail article when he could actually provide the videos in the same format that I do here on YouTube. It's the same thing. Like you can see my screen. You can see every tab I have up here. And you, every time I click a tab, it shows what it is and you can check it out. And he could do the same exact thing, but he does not because he knows that his listeners and followers and viewers will just take it as is. They weren't fighting back. They weren't involved. They were non-belligerents. Is, 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 that, is that video going viral of the Proud Boys? Them attacking random people? No. It was them beating up Antifa individuals who were previously beating other people. Now, and you have to remember that the Gavin McInnes and probably the whole idea of the group is to seek out confrontation, especially with leftists. That is their main goal and mission. When these people are trying to retreat and escape, and the Proud Boys run up and start punching them in the back of the head, and one guy grabs the woman's hair and pulls her to the ground, that's pathetic. That is spineless and pathetic. If you guys think you're tough and you want to defend somebody, by all means, if someone's being beaten, defend them, stand up to them. But if you're going to go up behind a woman and pull her by the hair and drop her to the ground, dude, you're almost... There's no video and there's no context. I have no idea what he's talking about. So, uh, like, to me, that means that all of this stuff is just floating around in the right-wing echoes chamber in order for thought leaders and commentators to just grab onto it and throw it in the face of whoever's listening or watching. Just as bad as Antifa. I know I can't say just as bad because it's not true, but that, that's pathetic. Don't grab a woman by the hair and pull her to the ground as she's fleeing. That's pathetic. And it's wrong. And I think he was talking about a Proud Boy doing that. But here's the thing is that the Proud Boys are like, in fact, a misogynist group. Like there, there's there is like a section for the girls, but it's called the Proud Boys Girls. Why couldn't it have been the Proud Girls? Why did they have to be the Proud Boys as in possession girls? That's mis yeah. And it's an all male group. It's extremely misogynistic. So um, let's not even go there. But, but there, there's, a, there's a moral impasse in this news that I can't get past. I was thinking about what can I tweet? I saw this video. I don't like watching it. I don't like <laughs> He was thinking about what what can I tweet? Because the only way I can contribute to this whole situation is what can I tweet? <laughs> like the fact the Proud Boys <laughs> try they, they stole a Black Lives Matter banner and then burned it. There's a video of a guy trying to steal another banner. Don't steal people's property. But what about when Antifa doesn't <laughs> He's like barely condemned the four people getting stabbed, but he'll condemn a woman getting her hair pulled and also uh, the Proud Boys stealing other people's property. But the four people being stabbed, well, I just don't like violence in general. Like, what? <laughs> but it's it's been an escalation of violence since Antifa started beating up people in the streets. And it's... 
Jeez, man. Jeez. Like, what what do you want me to do with this as a person who's on the other side of the aisle? What, like, what exactly do you want me to meet you in the middle? But he said earlier, there is no middle ground. So obviously at this point, I guess for Tim Pool, we all have to pick a side. You're either Antifa, anti-fascist, or you're, I guess, proud. I mean, he gets away with that. I'm like, well, I can condemn it all and I have no problem doing it. But there's a serious problem when the left advocates for and cheers for punching a Nazi, they say. Yeah, 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 that's a thing in the left. Yeah, for sure. That's a, in, in the farther left sphere, yeah, because um, at, a, at a point, the left has the, uh, the intolerance paradox, and they will not tolerate intolerance. So the second that they see Richard Spencer, white supremacist, uh, white nationalist, Nazi in the streets, they will punch him because of the active um, beliefs and political action that he takes in order to, um, I don't know, punch downwards on marginalized peoples. So even though Richard Spencer doesn't punch them actively, he advocates for the punching of them. So, um, I, yeah, I can't really... I, I guess I'm sounding like I am actually defending uh, leftists punching Nazis, but it's hard for me to uh, defend Nazis, <laughs> you know? Oh, but what about the, the marketplace of ideas? Like, fuck Nazis, bro. Like, we decided that in the 1940s. Fuck Nazis. Okay, sure. You do realize that you're going to invoke the, 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 the other reaction, right? <laughs> as, if, as if that's cool with Tim. It's like, well, you did punch a Nazi. Well, guess what you get? Gas chambers. Shouldn't have punched him. <laughs> so when I see Antifa beating and injuring people and getting away with this it. This is literally his worst video. I cannot believe he uploaded this and then also has that headline. Like, this is his peak worse. What can we do? Nothing. The police aren't doing anything. And I'm not too happy with cops right now anyway because they're- The cops arrested 23 people. What more do you want them to do? Arrest the Proud Boys who stabbed four people? What more do you want? Basically- do you want the, the U.S. Marshals to go back into Portland and just start sweeping people in vans? What, what more do you want, Tim? Forcing unconstitutional edict. Many of these uh, uh, sheriffs are doing all right, you know, saying they're not going to enforce some of these gun laws and some of these lockdowns. But in bigger cities, I'm not going to come to defense of any of these cops. They want to go and lock down people's lives and businesses and not deal with Antifa? Nah, sorry, you're on your own. But here's the problem. I'd love if the cops broke up the fights. Okay, good, good. Because it, it happened, right? Cops had pepper sprayed both sides. But what happens when you are told by the media for four years or more that it is good what Antifa is doing because the only way to stop fascism... None of them. No, nobody has ever said it's good what Antifa is doing. All they've ever done, I've seen from liberals, is basically say that right-wingers have the wrong perspective of Antifa. I've never seen them go like, yeah, Antifa, go out there and burn some stores and punch Nazis. That's never happened. That has never happened. Is to beat it. Okay, well, then the only, stop, the only way to stop communism is to do what? Beat it, right? I thought about that video I saw. I mean, you can go the McCarthy route and arrest and deport every communist that you find. There's a route. Where the Proud Boys are just beating the ever-living crap out of these two Antifa. And I'm like, you know what's funny? All the left is screeching about this. I think it's bad because the Antifa were trying to run away. It's like, dude, you won the fight. Bye-bye. But I thought it was really funny that these Antifa people harass 
They throw explosives at diners and restaurants. But not those two that were beaten up. And in fact, like I've said, we're not even, it's not a homogenous group. Those could have just been protesters that were there, not a part of any Antifa chapter in the area. So, uh, no, not even chapter, organization, because it's a decentralized movement. It's a decentralized political action. Restaurants, and they've done it on multiple occasions. They demand you bend the knee, and the Proud Boys don't do that. The Proud Boys don't walk at people at restaurants and say, salute the American flag right now or else. They don't. Antifa does. No, but they beat up uh, the press who show up to their rallies. Like, if there's a press there and it says press on their hat, they will beat the shit out of you. They will smack your camera out. They will throw it away. There was that video that went viral not too long ago. I think from a month or two months ago of that press guy who got kicked in the head by a drunk Proud Boy who damn near lost his balance after he punted his head. So, like, just wearing a press badge around them is enough to get your ass whipped they say raise your fist or else and they surround you and scream in your face and they've thrown explosives into restaurants that happened happened in dc they've also flipped over tables and trashed restaurants so when the left keeps telling me the only way to stop the extremists is to and again he's he, he really needs to present evidence because like all he's really doing is just making that apologist argument so everybody that watches and views or listens can then use it for when they're in the streets which is like shallow and fucking vague because they can't actually present the evidence of it being so they can only say that it happened which is equivalent enough for a right winger not to have evidence but faith <laughs> punch them and then i see a bunch of proud boys saying we're gonna punch them i'm like but that's what the media said to do the media never said to punch nazis like unless you're watching maybe vosh i don't know if vosh has ever said that i don't know if like uh hassan has ever said that either i don't know anybody that has actually said go out and punch a nazi but i do know plenty of people who are okay with nazis being punched so then i wonder if the cops aren't going to stop the extremists well, then maybe the far left was correct. It's horrifying, isn't it? We don't want the violence or the escalation. But I'll tell you, man, I do think it just continues from here. Did he really just say at the end there that, or not the end, but halfway through this video that he said that Antifa doesn't want escalation or violence? It took him that long to demonize him and suck the dick of the Proud Boys to finally go Antifa actually doesn't want violence? Because if you are actually aware of the, the, the history of Antifa, is that as soon as the fascists stop showing up in the streets, so do the anti-fascists. There's no reason for them to be there unless there's fascists. That's literally it. Proud Boys the other day in D.C. were more like Antifa than I have ever seen, burning these banners and attacking these Antifa as they were trying to flee. And it's factional, though. You know, the one thing they didn't do is just randomly attack innocent people. I know the left will claim that's true, but that's 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 not true. The one thing and he has nothing to refute it. And he has again, it's just completely evidenceless base uh, news commentary. Like, how whack is this? Like, how can you just sit there docile and complacent to all these accusations and not question a single fucking thing? I will say as well, and we'll read the story, is that Antifa is only empowered when they're in a group. And you know what? I found it actually kind of uh, funny. Yeah, funny, haha. -ha. These two anti- I've never seen a, uh, a Proud Boy video where they fight alone. They've always got goons around them, always. Fascists who were getting the ever-living uh, crap beaten out of them, I was like, not so tough now, are you? 
going around and beating random people and harassing restaurant goers and flipping tables because you're surrounded by your friends. But the moment someone steps up and says no and pushes back, y'all get stomped out. And it's all bad. It is all bad. So you think that's what the Proud Boys are doing is that they're saying no? Um, he has somehow made a magical switch of the of the situation here is where Antifa is saying no to fascism and the Proud Boys are saying fuck off. Um, and it's a very interesting flip there because the Proud Boys have been active even before uh, Donald Trump really even got into office. I think like right around the time that Trump was running. So, um, yeah, they're they're extremely reactionary. So uh, Antifa is also reactionary but only to the reactionary proud boys which is like they would go away if you really want antifa to go away dismantle the proud boys dismantle patriot prayer dismantle every far-right fascist group and you will never see antifa again i guarantee it what the proud boys did you know what i understand completely based entirely off i mean like just because people don't have an understanding of it just go read the book by mark bray just go read it. Just get some history in your bones. Of what, how the left described everything. Well, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? No, I, I think all the violence is, is bad and it's going to escalate. But there's the, the, the... Yeah, but this time the Proud Boys escalated it up to stabbing. So, um, you, you, you know, out of curiosity, I wonder, like, who's going to escalate it some more? And if it's the Proud Boys, how Tim Pool's going to uh, spin that into, well, Antifa got stabbed. So, of course, one day they were going to get shot. The inherent challenge and why I say there's no middle ground, there's no fence, is that you either have Antifa beating and attacking and maiming people, terrorizing them. Who have they maimed? What the? F like, again, evidence. Evidence is very important. Otherwise, you're doing the same thing as Andy No, which is promoting violence against leftists. That's literally all he's doing right now. And cancel culture coming from the far left terrorizing people so both body and mind <laughs> cancel cancel culture is the new terrorist organization holy f dude i like he mask off man he is he is so conservative he is so conservative oh my god and i can't believe every time he still claims he's a fucking liberal just take the mask off tim just take it off and be who you are are under a state of terror where regular people can't speak up for who they want to vote for. They can't speak up a defense of what they believe in. Otherwise, they'll lose their job or get beaten in the streets. And the only you know, the people who lost their jobs because of that is because they like like the most recent one was that that district lady's husband. I can't remember like what specific district it was because I didn't really care about her that much, but she worked for the government and her husband was literally threatening a camera woman. She was just standing there filming this guy who was already being aggressive and then he continued to threaten her life and he deserved to get his job, lose his job, because if you're willing to just threaten people for filming you or for standing on the opposite aisle of political discussion then you don't deserve to, to 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 be around people because you're not civil only thing that is likely to occur is the other side will respond that was inevitable and the police won't do anything about it the police can't do anything about cancel culture so you look <laughs> at where we're at 
What does he want police to do about counterculture? Because a lot of uh, other people who have been uh, canceled, or not counterculture, but cancel culture, what, what, they, they were Karens who called the cops on black people for being black people. So uh, what does he want the cops to do about that exactly? Do, does he want them to arrest the employer for firing a woman, even though she is well within her rights to take it into court and be like, I was unjustifiably fired and deserve unemployment until I find my next job? What, what do you want cops to do in that situation? Which is weird that you would want cops to do anything about something as abstract as cancel culture. You weird authoritarian. You're weird. The cultural institutions are all completely controlled by the far left, which means they own cancel culture and there is nothing <laughs> you can do to stop it. <laughs> Parlor. <ex> <laughs> It's just weird, too, because the people who normally get, quote-unquote, canceled, even though it's a complete fucking, it's asinine to think that this really is a thing, like, especially for the, the famous people, but, like, the, the people that have been canceled are usually for their prejudices, for bigotry, for sexual harassment, for things that are technically crimes against humanity. So that is such a weird gripe to have, but I know that Tim Pool's all against that anti, he's anti-cancel -can culture because it's a leftist thing and it's been dividing the, the, the culture and, uh, grr, grr, civil war, grr. Exists, they try to cancel that, but it doesn't seem to be working right now. But the infrastructure of technology is pretty much controlled by the far left as well. It's only a matter of time before Google or some other company. Okay, so now he's moving into the section where the conservatives are the oppressed group for simply being conservative. Now we're in that realm. Now we've moved from Proud Boys um, being justified in their escalation of violence to conservatives are the oppressed class. Welcome to America, Tim Pool's America. Company love it. seizes love it. the DNS or servers of those hosting parlor. Seriously, nearly half a million people gobbled this shit up down to their fucking stomach. God damn. Because parlor is where the conservatives are. So long as that exists, you will uh, you will have serious there'll be serious trouble for the right to actually organize, and it will allow the far left to terrorize the lives of regular people. <laughs> Antifa has beaten and attacked regular people. They've beaten people uh, outside their homes. They've, they've, they've threatened people in their homes. Again, he's just making more allegations. He's just making more accusations with absolutely no evidence. It's fear-mongering. This is fear-mongering based reporting. You love to see it. You love to see it. In Portland, they did it. They went to a guy's house and demanded he take his American flag down. Otherwise, they'd burn it to the ground. Again, provide the evidence. You're on the internet. I'm looking at you in a tiny little box, and behind you is the whole wide web, and you decide not to use it. Why, Tim? Why? I was hosting an event where it was, it was called, uh, I think it was called like Ending Authoritarian, Authoritarianism, Racism, and Violence, and our keynote speaker was one of the most notorious uh, uh, de-radicalizers of clan members, Daryl Davis, and Antifa threatened to burn the theater down. And they were harassing the other venues that were involved. And they came and they threatened us with violence. And the police. No, none of that was true. None of, none of, none of that, none of that, none of that was true. 
what he said, none of it was true. They wanted them to cancel the event because they were going to platform fascists, and it is the anti-fascist job to make sure that fascists are not platformed because, I mean, it shouldn't be tolerated. Intolerant beliefs don't have to be tolerated. It's it's a paradox, I know. But the thing is, though, is that when you let intolerance uh, thrive or even grow, then you allow intolerance to become part of your society. So you kind of have to, uh, pun intended, stomp it out. But, you know, I'm not advocating for violence, but like I am I'm pro Antifa because I'm not pro fascist. He's locked the street down. It's been a terror campaign endlessly from these extremists on the far left. Now that the Proud Boys came out and have done essentially oh, what Antifa does, but only to Antifa, mind you, stealing the banner. Also, uh, Antifa hasn't stabbed anybody and stuff like that. Also wrong, because that wasn't Antifa. But it was to Black Lives Matter, so it was far left, I suppose. Ideology. Now the media is starting to uh, Twitter because the institutions are controlled by the left, are freaking out. And that's the problem the conservatives have. They have no... All right, so I'm pretty sure that people on Twitter have their own beliefs, and Twitter is a platform for that. It doesn't represent any of those beliefs. So what a uh, bunch of hog shit... Um, Poor conservatives, poor, poor, poor conservatives, man. Those poor control poor over people. cultural institutions for the most part. But again, there's no middle ground. There's either uh, you agree with the violence of the Proud Boys, or you agree with the violence from the Antifa. There, there's, what do you say? I mean, the violence is all bad, but am I supposed to sit back and just be like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a good thing that Antifa is, be, is not being stopped by anybody and the cops aren't doing anything and they're beating random people. Of course not. It's a bad thing. So then we ask, can someone please do something? How do we stop this? Nothing is stopping it. Nothing is stopping it. The police won't arrest them. And when they do on, on the rare occasion, they get cut loose by the district attorneys. Because there's no charges that they can file against them. Weird how that works. Is he basically saying that we can't trust our court system to uh, properly, uh, I don't know, charge Antifa members, quote unquote, or leftists? Because... Um, Usually, if there's a crime committed, they will be charged. Um, are we also forgetting, like, the uh, innumerable protesters that were uh, abducted in Portland? Like, this is this is an asinine argument and just completely ignores evidence of previous circumstances where cops have arrested people. In fact, they have targeted specific people and arrested them. They've They've broken crowds to arrest specific people. They're flipping tables at restaurants. They're throwing explosives at regular people. Then finally, the only thing that can happen is the Proud Boys come up and attack them. And what am I supposed to say? It's the only outcome because regular people are snapping. And I tell So is that his justification for Proud Boys stabbing people is because the cops haven't done what Tim Pool sees as fit? Uh, Tim Pool wants more action against leftists, which, again, we're heading into a deeper McCarthyism, um, maybe even deeper than the one previous before, but uh, it sounds like he wants uh, leftists to be detained uh, for in indefinitely, if not deported, because I, or, or let them get stabbed, because it, it, apparently Antifa is so out of control that they just don't even get charged with crimes because the state has been, um, I don't know, secretly fighting for Antifa. It, it, it's, it's all nonsense, and you cannot uh, really prove any of the allegations. Uh, the thing is, is that the protesters were not charged because they had not broken a crime. And if they did, it was breaking curfew, which is a minor fine, if that. So...
tell you it's the greatest recruitment drive for Proud Boys. To see a video, finally, of these black clad terrorists getting, you know, some kind of uh, comeuppance or just being stopped, people are going to cheer for it. I wish it never happened because it's all bad. Yep, there it is. Still trying to be some kind of centrist on this. The problem is, if the Proud Boys don't show up, then Antifa terrorizes regular people. So there's no answer. There's none whatsoever. Yeah, again, the only reason why Antifa was there was to do a counter protest to the fa, to the fascists. So, um, yeah, th he's acting as if the Proud Boys were there in reaction to an Antifa protest. It was the Million MAGA March with a thousand Proud Boys. However, other than saying violence is bad and we don't want any of it, it's just going to get worse. The Daily Mail reports. Clashes are if you go through like Tim's like uh, videography for this like entire year, he's probably been the news commentator that has spoke most about a oncoming civil war in the United States. He has definitely been one of the most fervent about it, maybe less than Alex Jones, but more than Ben Shapiro or Steven Crowder. Corrupted between members of the Proud Boys and Black Lives Matter protesters in D.C. Four protesters were stabbed and transported to hospital in critical condition. Eight people in total went to the hospital over the course of the night, including two officers. There were 23 arrests as Proud Boys and BLM fought. The massive pro-Trump crowd had gathered after the Supreme Court issued Trump with yet another loss Friday night in dismissing a case filed by the Texas Attorney General. Trump also lost his uh, Wisconsin case as well. Michael Flynn was there. Just losing cases left and right. Alex Jones was there. Enrique Tarrio. Meanwhile, in Washington State, a person was shot in similar violent clashes between protest groups. Washington State Police declared a riot in Olympia around 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. And in Sacramento, five cops were injured and six people were arrested following violent protests. There's a ton of crazy videos. You see this in Olympia, Washington. Black-clad, mask-wearing terrorists have been going around and attacking regular people for years now. And the Proud Boys have done nothing other than that's not true they they have been attacking people regardless there was a, a a section in colorado springs where a mob of pro proud boys had attacked uh quote-unquote antifa members it was a very small amount of antifa that had showed up and that's why they were outnumbered Oh, I guess a man was arrested in stabbing of DC protests. Well, it's the Washington Post, so I'm not going to be able to read it. It's going out. No. Okay, one of those arrested was 29-year-old Philip Johnson of the district who was charged with assault with a dangerous weapon in connection with at least four of the stabbings for the most of the day. They didn't say whether or not he was a proud boy. Very interesting. It could, it could not immediately be determined whether Johnson is affiliated with any particular group or cause, and police declined to describe the ideologies of either the victims or the suspect. Good. Let's keep it vague. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, should just uh, denounce the violence in general. Hmm. 
that one's bad. That's a bad story as well. I'm not finding my exact... It was a video that had come out a while ago, but unfortunately, um, Proud Boys have been in the news pretty often for their assaults. I feel like all of the stories, too, are going to be... Uh... So, September 8th, 2020, Proud Boys repeatedly rush and attack Black Lives Matter protesters. Um, police investigate, this is September 26th, police investigate assault on live streamer after far-right group uh, uh, Proud Boys descend on Portland. So there's that one I was speaking of specifically when he got punted in the head just for being uh, quote-unquote press. Um, uh, Proud Boy arrested in Portland on assault weapon charges. That's September 30th, 2020. Again, I played a video at the very beginning of the founder and uh, probably still in contact with the Proud Boys, even though he, he, he himself, Gavin McInnes, was probably one of those members that was marked by the FBI as a domestic terrorist. But then that's why he's been so low-key so far. Um, uh, he is extremely pro-violence. Like, he sounded like a jihadist, to be perfectly honest with you. He sounded like he's filmed, or was at least the cameraman for a lot of Bin Laden's videos. Encounter them, but more importantly, the Proud Boys, although they do hold rallies in cities like Portland, the Proud Boys will hold their rallies, and then Antifa shows up and fights them. That tends to be the case. The Proud Boys aren't seeking out these uh, these individuals for the most part. The Proud Boys... For the most part. I like how he had that clarification at the end there. But yeah, Antifa does show up to Portland rallies to do a counter-protest movements and try to divert attention away from them and actually have that diversity of thought in the streets. But the Proud Boys are actively looking for confrontation. That is what they do and they know that their presence will bring out anti-fascists and that means perfect fodder for their bullshit. Was choosing to go to Portland is stupid because they know they'll show up. So at a certain point, they kind of are. So we have a bunch of photos here, a ridiculous amount of photos. I want to show you something. You see all of these, these, uh, uh, this, these black text, like their captions, okay? And you can see all these, you know, photo symbols. I had to remove all these photos. You know why? Because they were gruesome and violent. Many depicted blood and injury. And aside from me typically removing graphic images because I don't show graphic images, uh, I mean, that's basically the gist of it. Uh, you, I, I just, I had to remove all of these because it was violent, bloody fists flying. And uh, that's crazy. That, that this, I've, never, I've never had to go through an article this much just like taking out these photos because it was graphic and violent. You, you might notice I, I, I don't show this stuff. Um, people, some people, sometimes people get mad. They say, why don't you show the videos? Because look, man, sometimes there are people that want to know what's going on, but they don't want to see the photo of a guy whose face is covered in blood, I guess. And this. I uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a bit more wholesome and uh, respectful not to show those those videos. Um, but I also little bit wonders like what is he exactly hiding but you know i I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna take the respect angle here and i respect him not wanting to show people all fucked up um and you know jerk off to violence porn so that's cool i, I try to be family friendly so that people can listen to this and, and and watch these videos that's great family friendly pro proud boy fascism love it when th maybe their kids are around to be completely honest 
I got a bunch of messages very early on several years ago from people asking to, to try and you know talk to the news, but keep it as family friendly as possible. I can still talk about someone getting shot in the stomach and four people being in critical condition. I'm not going to show it. You know, you can go to the Daily Mail and you can see the photos. They're brutal. But you can see that people are, are increasingly getting in each other's faces. The crowds are getting bigger. Here's more photos I had to take out. Here's the Proud Boys rallying in D.C. And I can only imagine there's going to be more of them to come. Not every single person who showed up was a Proud Boy. Just some Trump supporters, people on the right. I do think it's very strange that many on the right will praise the police as the police pepper spray them and attack them. Because I'm over it. I'm over these uh, D.C. cops. You want, I'm not praising any D.C. cops. They're the ones who allowed the, the mayor to illegally change the name of a, of a street and paint a political slogan. I'm not praising these Praetorian Guard for the far left lunatics. I, I, I'll tell you this, man. I have no idea how at this point Trump supporters are in support of cops in blue states. Um, Daily Mail does report here that apparently one Proud Boy was stabbed. So the framing of this was a little bit uh, harmful um, just because we haven't gotten the specifics of who stabbed who. But as I can see here that there is a black block or black clad, as Tim Pool would put it, actually uh, having a knife towards a Proud Boy member here. You can tell by the yellow and black. I'm not going to show it on my channel either. Um just out of respect for, you know, Tim Pool's wishes and not wanting to glorify violence like that. But then just below that, there's a video or a picture of a guy wearing a MAGA hat who's also wearing all black. So, you know, you could have uh, Proud Boys and MAGA supporters not wearing the colors that they should. But the thing that gives him away is he's wearing that MAGA hat and he is stomping on a dude wearing a bicycle helmet. So that's that's happening. Um, let's see. Police began to make protest. A supporter of Trump receives aid from law enforcement after clashing with counter protesters. But there's no proof there that that is a Trump supporter. I just think that the Daily Mail might be giving context to these pictures that isn't necessarily true. Because um, so far, every uh, one of the <clears throat> uh, quotes down here seems to be pretty pro-Trump supporter. Um, see, Proud Boys had guns there, and there seems to be maybe other militia members there as well. Yeah, that Proud Boy, unfortunately, was stabbed in the stomach. There's another one who's a bit bloody. Looks like he got in some fist fights. Uh, more confrontations, Proud Boys doing some confrontations, a fire of the Black Lives Matter flag, uh, Trump supporter getting maced, that's a thing, uh, another guy has a paintball gun for some reason, um, yeah, there seemed to have been a lot of violence going on there, there's a dude with a MAGA hat yelling into a megaphone in the face of a dude wearing all black, so, yeah, we're perfectly divided. That's great. I'm sure the oligarchs and true owners of this country are just loving us, beating the shit out of each other in the streets. I wonder if Daily Mail captures all the video and then sends it to the 651 billionaires who possibly have more resources and power than any of these people could ever imagine. All right, Tim Pool, please continue. Cities. You want to be in support of cops in rural areas who are accountable and uphold the Constitution? If you want to be nice to them and praise them, defend them, do it to it. 
I, will- I like how uh, the only ones who uh, uphold the Constitution are the rural cops, uh, because all metropolitan anything is bad. As well, not every cop is the same. And that's one of the problems I have with the idea of saying all cops are bad. Well, they use a different word for it. Or Bastards. saying every cop. Many, yeah, because there are still rural cops. I'm, I'm on the side that the institution or the foundations of the police is fundamentally corrupt and especially against racism and property. Like, they've been used to gather up slaves, punish black people for wanting civil rights and breaking up labor unions. So if we could restart a police force that was more fundamental on just simply community protection and also holding criminals accountable, I'm talking to you, Wall Street, um, I think that we would have greater relations with our cops if they weren't built on a history of oppression. Let's just call it what it is. Cops in, say, like New York State, who will, who will suppress your Second Amendment rights in First and Fourth and Fifth, etc. And there are many states where they're just bad cops across the board from state troopers or otherwise. But I think it really comes down to blue state versus red state. Maybe the institution of policing is bad because even in a red state, they'll still uphold unconstitutional law, I suppose. But at this point, I can at least differentiate between the cops in New Jersey and the cops in, say, I don't know, Pennsylvania. They're not perfect in Pennsylvania, but I can absolutely uh, tell you the difference between a cop in West Virginia and a cop in New Jersey. So if you're in Washington, D.C. Is it because you really know New Jersey cops? Like, what, what do you mean? I, I wish you would tell me the difference. Like, what do you mean? Is it just because one's a blue state and the other one's not? Is that is that what we're talking about here? Even though like 70 percent of cops are uh, Republican, basically, like always like voting Republican lines because Republicans are always like <clears throat> law and order. And then every cop just gushes on the floor and then like the fucking deputy has to go get a mop to clean it up. These cops are enforcing far left illegal activity. It's that. Look at that. In New York City, the NYPD is aiding and abetting far left illegal activity. I'm not exaggerating. Such as the mayor used taxpayer dollars to paint a far left slogan in the street in violation of the law and then has 27 NYPD protect it. Those cops are criminals. They're (laughs) the only reason why they had to have cops protected is because people kept vandalizing it. And also what laws did the the mayor break doing that? Like, please be specific. And um, also, like, what's wrong with a cop putting up a sentiment? Like, yes, there's an organization that represents the sentiment, but there is an overall sentiment that can say that you support the movement in itself, which we would want from our public representatives, or at least I do, because I do want my representatives to represent the idea that Black Lives Matter. What a weird argument to make. Committing crimes. He's a weird man. I don't care if they're wearing a badge. If someone breaks the law and you aid them, you're an accomplice. They're oath breakers. They're mindless drones that don't care that they're breaking the law and protecting those who do. <laughs> Tim Pool's slogan, all cops are mindless drones. Not as, not as you know, uh, snappy as all cops are bastards, but yeah, it hits the right nerve, you know? And therein lies the very serious problem we're facing as a country. What happens when there are police who blatantly break the law? I mean, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, right? I guess it's not technically uh, codified statutory law, in which case you can't necessarily, it's not legally illegal. It's like by legal definition, it's unconstitutional. There's a difference. Something unconstitutional gets resolved in court. Something illegal, there's a, there's, there's a penalty in, in civil or criminal court. But if the Constitution is the supreme law of the land, then who, <laughs> what, what are these cops who think they have a right to police, whether or not you, you know, practice your Second Amendment right or otherwise? 
In New York state and many of these blue states, the and that's because states' rights are reserved. Um, you know, every citizen has the right to bear arms, but they uh, didn't specify what kind of arms, and that's where the state found its loopholes to ban certain assault rifles or allow only handguns or couldn't allow open carry. You could only have concealed carry. Like, Tim, Tim, come on. Come on. State constitutions are also up onto the level of the Constitution so long as the state's constitution do not abridge the rights of the federal constitution. So please try better. The cops brazenly break the law and they don't care. They don't. Yeah, I mean, they murder black people knowing that they have qualified immunity. I'm not stupid enough to say they're all bad. But I can understand why Antifa says it because, well, they're really dumb. You know what I mean? Uh, people like Antifa <laughs> tend to live in big cities and have no idea what life is like out in the middle of nowhere. And they've never interacted with, you know, a county departments or smaller towns and things like that, sheriffs, etc. Yeah, let's just assume everybody's life experience. Everyone who's ever lived in a city has never been outside of one. Which case, they think every cop is a city cop. Well, you know what? I don't completely disagree at this point. There was a time when I, when I was absolutely defending the police when they were rioting and, you know, smashing people's windows because they were targeting regular people and we need the police to defend them. I'm still of that opinion. But when the police decide to enforce things that aren't laws, when Governor Cuomo says your restaurant is done, when Newsom says your restaurant is done and the cops just come out and go, we don't care if it's the law or not. We're just going to oppress and suppress your rights. Well, then that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense because it 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 is it made a law within the city or the state limits. Um, the governor has the right to do that for the states and the mayor has the right to do that for the cities. And so if you're going to work for the police department, you have to enforce the laws either decided by the mayor or by the governor. That's part of the hierarchy that you have signed up for, Tim. So cops just disaffecting and doing whatever the fuck they want. Um, I completely agree that they should just quit the force. I am completely in agreement with you is that if they do not want to participate in these laws that are uh, against their uh, beliefs and they see them as immoral, quit the force. Totally on that page. Those cops are criminals and oath breakers. I'll put it this way. Just because the governor says you can't have your restaurant open doesn't mean you can't have your restaurant open. Or more importantly, when the governor says you can't go to church, yeah, he literally can't do that. He has no authority to do it, none whatsoever. And the Supreme Court has already said that. So if a cop shows up and says you can't do it because the governor said, it's basically like a criminal threatening you and then some random person with a gun showing up and enforcing that threat, not law enforcement. And it's funny. No, but the thing is, is that it's state sanctioned. It's 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 the same the same thing man it's the same thing but just because you don't agree with the law doesn't not make it law and so that you don't have to obey it or that you don't have to none of that you can always go to protests and redress your grievances but i hate this argument that restaurants have to be open and businesses have to be open rather than fighting for the fact that our tax dollars should go back into our pockets during a fucking pandemic funny to see many trump supporters saying the same thing calling out these cops who are enforcing these edicts saying they're not enforcing the law because these aren't laws and that's what we saw in Staten Island. So maybe I'll tell you what's going to happen. You call it a civil war. You call it a decoupling. He says it again. That powerful CW. It's that CW with Tim. Whatever you want to call it. There's going to be a, 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 a loss of confidence in the federal government. And it, it's already happening. It's been happening. 
I don't know. Oh, man. And for right wingers, it is going to hit hard after Biden hits office. It is going to be the worst because they are going to be like the left has been with Trump. Like everything that Biden does, I'm sure will be met by resistance with the right wing and the right wing media. I guarantee it. That means there will be states fighting states, but it could just be, you know, West Virginia being like, we don't care what law you pass anymore. But like I've said, Tim Pool has been saying that a civil war has been coming for ages. Like he's that prophet, like the 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 homeless street prophet con constantly going, the end is nigh, the end is nigh, civil war cometh. That's Tim Pool all the fucking time. It doesn't impact us. It doesn't affect us. And we're not going to abide by it. Since we have sanctuary states and we have many counties declaring themselves Second Amendment sanctuaries, federal government's authority is as far as most people are concerned. Okay. So I'll tell you what's going to happen. When the red states slowly stop caring about what happens in blue states because they're going to take care of themselves. The That's the thing, too, is that they think like senators and like governors are all going to undermine the federal government. Not going to happen because doing that undermines the state government's ability to run too. the only way that it would work is if like the whole GOP does agree once they have enough foothold in every of these states to actually try and secede from the United States. That is the only way that they are going to be able to hold the authority that they need to fight against the union. But other than that, they're not going to be able to do it while they're still a part of the United States states because that undermines their own authority police in these blue states are going to have no one to support them and they're just going to become enemies of everybody who basically don't live in these cities are probably i mean that possibly could be true but the thing is though is that if we could actually abolish the police and restart with a community protection task force not in the same vein as trump's but like actually built on the idea of community policing where the cops are from the city they know the neighbors they know as many people as they possibly do they know the laws of the city they are well informed and they're not there just to protect property and then constantly micromanage minorities then we can really start making some progressive change in this country which tim pool completely anti i'm gonna be like i don't care you go do your thing you pass these laws you want them they're yours i'm not defending you I mean, I really have to wonder, too, is if like the red states do secede, if this if this place will become much more peaceful. But last time that happened, there was a whole ass civil war. So and that's that's what I think is coming in the next several months. Of course, I'm not psychic. We'll see how it plays out. It's always possible that people calm down, but I really don't see it. You know why? After Trump got elected the first time, a bunch of uh, uh, far leftists went around D.C. burning and torching things. It's only worse. No, uh, no. No, they did break some windows of Starbucks and like another bank, some some like massive corporation property they destroyed. But like he's making it sound pretty hyperbolic and exaggerated. So nah. now it's only escalated. So why would things just stop here? There's no there's no reason for it to. Especially he honestly said the same thing after Michael Rhino had shot the member of Patriot Prayer. Like he honestly thought that at that point, too, that the Civil War was just going to get kicking and going. Especially so. after we see what's happening with the Proud Boys marching through the streets. I'm fascinated that he hasn't brought up Michael Rhino and the Pro uh, the Patriot Prayer member being shot. Because uh, like that could have been like a good point to make for the catalyst of people being stabbed. But of course, we don't necessarily know that Proud Boys stabbed all of them. Because from that Daily Mail article, a black clad protester had stabbed a protest uh, or a, a proud boy member that was that was in the photo so at least one of those stabbings was actually by a uh, black clad protester anti-proud boy counter protester not a proud boy so 
Proud Boy was stabbed, but we don't know about the other three because the cops actually won't specify. We only have that evidence because of the pictures that was from the Daily Mail article. That one picture. The other the other pictures actually aren't of the three other people stabbed. So, so you know, look, I'll, I'll leave it there, but I do want to say one last thing. You know, I, a lot of people say, Tim, why use a Daily Mail so much? Well, I can tell you. Take a look at how long this article is. It's got 42 photographs. It goes all the way down. It talks about Alex Jones and Michael Flynn. Look how long this is. Isn't this huge, all these photos? It's a very, very long and um, in-depth article. Yeah, but, I mean, Daily Mail is extremely right-wing. Like, super biased. Super biased. And, I mean, you could say the same thing about Daily Beast. And the Daily Beast article here is really short. But and they end up citing the Washington Post for a longer read. But um, yeah, I guess you can give Daily Mail the props because they have the most words and the most pictures. But I usually take points away because they like spread a good amount of disinformation. When I originally went to and the only way I actually knew that is back when Russell Brand would do a lot more political videos. He was actually refuting a lot of Daily Mail articles because the Daily Mail is based in the United Kingdom. It is not an American publication to ABC News. It's only a couple hundred words. When I went to The Hill, The Hill is only a couple hundred words. And, and that's because these uh, these uh, these quote unquote liberal and progressive news outlets didn't actually have anyone on the ground. And that is unfortunate because you really need to do your fucking work. So then I ultimately went back to the Daily Mail where they have several thousand words and 42 photos. That's just basically the simple explanation. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. All right. Well, since Tim's going to leave it there, I guess I might as well do the same. Um, I hope we went over that well. Uh, if not, I don't know. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at AzaWave, A-Z-A-W-A-V. Uh, you can see the video with its uh, with the other videos in the in there with my beautiful face and my wonderful anarcho syndicalist flag and uh, uh, my I don't I don't I don't know my my banner in the background and all of that stuff and uh, you can come check it out talks news YouTube um, I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk probably gonna keep streaming some videos because for some reason they've had some success I guess everybody's obsessed with finding out how cyberpunk is doing before they make a purchase I've been enjoying it. Everybody else has so far been getting mixed reviews, but um, yeah, I don't know. Hit me up there, Twitch, talk streaming, um, and uh, I don't know. Um, stay radical, and I don't uh, punch a Nazi in Minecraft if you feel like it. You know, find one in Minecraft and just give them a good wallop for me.